Welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs. I'm Jonathan Friedman, and joining us this morning is Mark Furman, Tarlow Breed, Hart & Rogers. Mark, always a pleasure to see you. Hey, Jonathan. Great to be with you. It's nice to be with you. Uh, I hope you had a nice sojourn and back at it. Uh, and visiting us this morning, is uh, your second day back today? No, I've been back for about a week. Oh, okay. All right. So you're acclimated back to the Radio Entrepreneur's uh, world. I'm excited to be here. So you want to talk about some topical things going on uh, with the yeah. law? Few and how they may apply to small, a couple of things going on with some small businesses with some inflated values? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, two interesting things going on is uh, the ongoing trial uh involving the Trump organization in New York. And uh, uh, the defense is now putting on its case. The judge decided uh, before the trial started that uh, there had been uh, misrepresentations on financial statements and the like. And now we're in the penalty phase and it's been going on for a while. And the defense just... Uh, uh, started putting on their case actually yesterday, and their first witness was uh, Donald Trump Jr., who talked about um, how uh, uh, former President Trump adds value in terms of real estate development, and of course the point being uh, to try to show that the values were not inflated uh, of, of the assets held by the Trump organization. And uh, this is going to go on for a while. So this was, is a... Is that not a, 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 an interesting tack to take since, um, if I'm not mistaken, when he gave his uh, testimony for um, when he was a witness for the prosecutor, he said, uh, I know nothing. Um, you know, we hired accountants to do those types of things and I know nothing. So isn't this now disclosing that he happens to have some insight into things? <laughs> yeah, well, he, I think he, uh, had nothing to do with the financial statements he said, but he did want to, he was used to talk about, um, Trump's, uh, artistic gift <coughs> for enhancing value of real estate. Ah, okay. And um, he did. And he did. Sorry, he did yeah, go, go on. And he did speak to some examples, and um, <clears throat> you know, Mar-a-Lago, the post office in Washington, <clears throat> and uh, um, other developments he's done, and uh, he did uh, suggest that the. Um, you know, one area in Mar-a-Lago alone was would cost more to build than the entire valuation of Mar-a-Lago, uh, according to the tax assessment. So, and he's, he's testifying more from the, I would say, um, you know, 10,000 foot level about right. real estate development and how real estate developers enhance value and create value. And uh, um, I think at one point, uh, according to the reports, uh, the 
you know, he talked about his father's having this sort of artistic vision for how to enhance value. Uh, you know, uh, value of uh, properties is, um, you know, it's not like adding two and two equals right. four. No exact science. No exact science. Not exact science. And I have yeah. to say that I've had many cases over the years where um, uh, people who do valuations have uh, very different opinions about what the value of companies are, uh, real estate uh, is. Um, and, uh, you know, if you think of uh, tax abatement kind of cases, there's mm -hmm. always a difference between um, valuations and those. So this is a common area, but um, the New York Attorney General has alleged this sort of long-term inflation of value to get better terms on loans um, and other things. And, um, and, you know, the most glaring example that I've read about was, you know, the size of his penthouse in New York, which, um, was, you know, roughly 10,000 uh, square feet. Um, but in some uh, situations, it was referred to as 30,000 square feet. So that's a little bit more than a rounding error. Um, yeah. And 10,000 square feet is massive, by the way, um, for mere portals. Um, so we'll see what happens. This is going to go on, I think, for weeks. They say they're going to put on banks to testify that uh, the banks didn't really rely on uh, the financial statements. And uh, as I understand it, the financial statements is disclosed, uh, something I empower my clients to put on uh, financial statements in case there's something that's wrong that uh, basically says these are assets only and uh, you should do your own appraisal if you want to rely on it. It, it, it would seem to it would seem to me that um, and you know that's one of the questions I had for you is um, wouldn't it make sense uh, and I guess it's it may be speculation and hearsay but to ask bankers would somebody uh, hypothetically receive better terms uh, based on a valuation that was inflated? You know, would it impact interest rates? Would it impact um, whether or not you would qualify for a loan, et cetera? Because I think that's the the core of of uh, what what the prosecution is saying, anyways, isn't it? That they received special treatment due to fraud. Um, isn't isn't that really what they're saying? That these fraudulent activities led yeah. to receiving treatment that they might not have otherwise received. Um, so it would seem to me that, that, uh, one of the interesting things to ask the bankers is, and I don't know how a hypothetical works out, but if two people presented or two organizations presented with, uh, you know, X and X times three in the case of the, um, piece of real estate, you know, the, the penthouse 10,000 versus 30,000, just doing quick math, somebody might say, well, it may have three times the value, um, uh, uh you know, maybe inflated by three times. Um, is that something that would potentially qualify versus not qualify for a loan? So isn't it, isn't it the 
obtaining of fraudulent loans, essentially, or laws, loans through a fraudulent um, story? <laughs> yes, I mean, I think it's it's submitting allegedly false financial statements, irrespective of um, whether or not banks gave favorable terms. But in giving favorable, in giving terms, I mean, you're looking at how much the bank wants the loan, what the loan to value ratio is, and, um, you know, what collateral is the bank going to insist upon as a condition for the loan? It, what, um, to what extent are the loans going to be cross-collateralized by other mm -hmm. properties? To what extent is the bank going to insist on personal guarantees? To what extent is the bank going to insist upon security interests in other assets of the borrower? So yes, there's the interest rate terms, um, and obviously any borrower wants to get the lowest possible uh, interest rate that's available to them. But it's also these other terms because, you know, if you don't have to give a personal guarantee, right? That's a pretty good, um, pretty good substantial term in, in today's day and age. Um, <coughs> since since many you know business loans include some sort of personal guarantees. Um, yeah, and 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 how often is uh, the rate going to adjust? Um, and um, and and if it's something, some X percent over prime, what prime? Because not there can be differences in what you know prime rates are. So there's all sorts of factors that go into it. But in a fraud analysis, uh, generally the misrepresentation has to be material. And it's got to be something relied on. Um, so reasonably so, relied on. So, so this, interesting. This is where so those disclaimers come into effect. Right. Right. And 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 you know, their argument that uh or part of their argument anyways was that nobody was harmed, the banks got their money back. Um, what's what's the big deal? Uh that, that seemed to be part of it. But um irrespective of whether you caused harm or not, uh obtaining things in a fraudulent way is still fraud, is it not? <laughs> um, at the end of the day? Um, that's what they're saying. I mean, fraud in general is a misrepresentations that are material that you knew weren't accurate, that you intend that people rely on, and they do reasonably rely on, and to their damage. I mean, that's kind of common law fraud. Um, this is, um, you know, as part of the corporate anal uh, corporate laws in in New York. So, could be a little bit different. But for business owners, um, you know, fraud in the traditional sense is. Is those are the elements, and then there are laws that uh, change it a little bit 
because it's different, say, under the unfair and deceptive uh, practice uh, law in Massachusetts that prohibits unfair or deceptive conduct. So you don't have to prove every element of common law fraud to be liable for um, uh, deceptive acts and practices under the Massachusetts Consumer Protection Law, which applies both businesses and dealings with consumer and businesses dealing with other businesses. Curious if it comes out that somehow, um, just for example, interest rates. Uh, let's let's just say, for argument's sake, interest rates were deflated um, as a result of you know presenting fraudulent activity. Would this potentially open them up to a civil lawsuit by the banks, saying we were harmed to the tune of X? Uh, potentially, I mean, I don't know what the quantum is if it makes sense, um, but it would seem to me a bank could now say, you know, hey, we gave you an interest rate that was, I don't know. Uh, uh, 150 basis points below what you would have gotten. Therefore, you know, we were harmed by X. Tough, Is that a possibility? Tough case, mm. tough case I, I'd say, for the banks. Where, um, yeah, I, I think because it's, it's somewhat speculative, you know, how would they prove it? You know, there'd have to be some, uh, you know, loan committee, minutes that talked about yeah. the relationship with the loan to value and the interest rate that they were being offered i don't know it's that that seems like a, a that may be a stretch challenging case figure the floodgates are open at this but, point but we um, have it's a, yeah. but it's so interesting just one last point it's so interesting to see this playing out in the context of a um you know, a presidential campaign. Sure. So sure. this is the audience. The audience is certainly broader than the judge was going to decide uh, right. the case. It's everybody I mean, it's in the country. It's uh, almost like a live, a live play, 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 play playing out in, playing out in public, right? It's, all, it's, it's like a live right. play it's and a live judgment, people, right? People come out of the courtroom and they make public statements. The New York Attorney General makes public statements. Former President Trump does. His son does. It's just different than the typical, typical trial uh, because of the, you know, the backdrop the of it all. The, the, the typical circus atmosphere that seems to surround, uh, you know, the events. So, or or at least the the the, uh, the parties. <laughs> and so the That's cameras true. will follow. Um, Mark, uh, you know, because we're all about entrepreneurship and the law and you talk about that, what are some of the, uh, uh, in summary, brief learnings for uh, for business owners here uh, when they're when they're going out to obtain loans? Uh, make sure that you've reviewed your financial statements. Make sure that you understand what's in them um, because you are attesting to that when you're signing a, uh, a tax return, correct? Uh, that you actually have reviewed and understand them. Yeah, something called signed under the pains and penalties of perjury. And so right. if it's a financial statement, I usually suggest some disclaimer language. But the judge in the Trump New York case didn't think that disclaimer language got the defendant too far because yeah. it's still in black and white. The values are in black and white. And there is that signature under the pains and penalties of perjury. So. 
to serve kids. So be careful. Good stuff. It's uh, unfortunately all the time we have for this morning. Mark Furman of Tarlow Breed Hardin Rogers. Always a pleasure. Uh, if people want to reach out to you, best way to reach you, Mark? Would be by email. M. Furman, F-U-R-M-A-N at T-B-H-R-L-A-W.com. Excellent, Mark. Thank you very much for your wisdom as always. And we'll be right back with a, another episode of Radio Entrepreneurs. Nice to see you, Mark. Thank you.